Hello everyone and welcome to the ACE Space podcast. This time you join us for a debate special where once a month we bring in James Fielden. Hello James. Hi Dave. And Dan Manili. Hello Dan. Hi guys. To discuss James's uh, handy look. It's been a hell of a project actually hasn't it James? You've been you've been tasked with some some pretty difficult points of debate and you've had to bring some pretty serious volleyball brains together and uh, without wanting to give you too many compliments too early on you've done quite a good job of wrangling them yeah well i've got all the notes actually sat in front of me uh here from all the various videos we've done over the last couple of months some great guests there's been a lot of research going in and dave as we've often chatted before sometimes <laughs> finding the facts and stats about certain volleyballers can be a challenge uh but we got there in the end and yeah, this, this video was, was really good as well. And from a fan's perspective, it's been a pretty unprecedented time. And it's been great that the CEV have really come up with some great ideas. I mean, I've been doing the unscripted series and, and you've been doing the debates. Dan, at head office, it seems like you've really been making an effort for us to be sort of conduits between the players and the fans. Yeah, well, we're just trying to keep the fans and everyone engaged throughout this time. I think we like the people we've been able to talk to and have access to over this time has been just unbelievable. And, and the fact that players and coaches have been so willing to, you know, keep, keep the contact and keep pro providing fans with content has been absolutely fantastic. So this time we're going to be talking about the men's European team of the decade, 2010 to 2019. Um, regular listeners, welcome back. Hopefully you've already listened to the episode where we talked about the, the women's dream team from the same period. And I remember saying to you both, how on earth are they going to pick a men's team? And then I saw the six plus the Libero for this, James, and thought, oh, yeah, of, of course, that's the team. It was, it was obvious. Well, you know, the, the shortlist is only so big itself. And the shortlist is full of absolute star players. You know, we've got players down for, to give special mentions to as well because we couldn't squeeze them on the shortlist. You know, we've got uh, eight outside hitters. We've got six opposites eight blockers, four setters and four liberos, you know, you could double that and still pick out some amazing names from it. So, you know, to compile the list, first of all, was a tough job. And, uh, you know, for the guys who are going to listen to it now, the likes of Einan, Zorzi and Blanc had a real tough job to try and really narrow that down. And Dan, the debate has really engaged the fans like nothing else. If you go on social media, uh, these videos and the, the sort of stills that, that, that have gone on social media, releasing the news, if you like, they really have sparked discussions outside uh, of the debate. And that must be something that you're really pleased with as an organisation. Yeah, well, I think it's nice for people to have something to talk about right now. I mean, these kinds of debates are great because there's no objective right answer right so it's always something that people can talk about everyone's going to have this different opinion everyone's going to use different criteria so i'm glad that it has sparked this kind of response in the fans so what's going to happen now is uh we are going to listen to the debate in full stick with us afterwards because myself james and dan will kind of pick through the bones if you like uh, but before we do go to the to the debate in full james uh, is there anything you'd like to add yeah, just to point out, I guess, that obviously some players, you know, as you'll see in the shortlist, for example, two hitters, Wilfredo Leon and Asmani, Juan Terena, obviously previously uh, Cuban nationals, but now have moved to Europe and fully embraced our great continent as well. Um, so they're counted as Polish and Italian, respectively, 
so they're counted as Europeans for this purpose. But um, yeah, just to point out that, you know, obviously we do have these things in volleyball with players changing nationalities and other bits and pieces. Uh, so we had to explain this to uh, Vital, Andrea and Philippe beforehand. But uh, yeah, just to point out that, I guess. How could you leave those two out, though? Of all the talent, how could you leave those two out? Um, anyway, that is enough from us for the time being. Enjoy the debate. This is the Men's European Team of the Decade 2010-2019. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new video here of European Elite. Today, we have three special guests who are going to pick the Men's Team of the Decade from 2010 to 19, and they are alongside me. And I'm delighted to say we have Vital Einen, coach of the Polish national team, and Perugia as well. Of course, he's been with Belgium and Germany in the past. He's joining us from Belgium. Andrea Zorzi is in Italy, legend, of course, of that Italian national team, winning so many titles back in the 80s and 90s, and now commentator for the Zone and columnist for Gazzetta dello Sport, and former coach of the French national team, Philippe Blatt. He's in France for us today. Also, of course, with Scrab Bouhotov in the past and a number of other teams as well. Gentlemen, great to see you. I hope you're all okay. Let's get straight on with this team. So much to discuss over the next half an hour or so. First, we're going to pick the setter. This happened with the women's team in our previous video. The guys decided that the setter was the perfect person to pick first for the team. So, Philippe, I'm going to come to you first. Who would you like to put forward as your setter in this team of the decade? It's uh, For me, there is two sprout setters that I want to impress. It's Tonuti. French guy and Gianelli, the Italian, uh, Italian players. But it's always difficult to choose a setter because he's so connected to the style of the team where they are playing that it's always difficult to find the right setter. But in these two, perhaps I, I will push these two nine. What, what is it about Tonuti and Gianelli? Who, what, why have they been so amazing? Uh, Tonuti, I think that he developed a, a kind of volleyball that's very interesting because <coughs> his team has not uh, so great physical potentials, but by uh, changing the times his choice, trying to find always the best uh, moment to use quick or side everything, he make a, a great opportunity for his team to have a good side out. Uh, as well, if you have also in some great period that he can uh, use at the right moment, but uh, uh, there was a kind of player very, very interesting for me. And generally, because it's a new style of volleyballs, uh, it's uh, high guys starting a, a high level last moment. He's trying to change his way to play, trying to play faster and faster. It's true that this team is not uh, right now the best uh, performance in reception, so it's not so always so easy to to keep the performance, but. Uh, He's very complete players. Yeah, very good serve, very good spot, uh, very good block also. Uh, so he's the youngest, the youngest uh, talented setter in performance for me. Okay, Vital, over to you. Do you agree with his selections? Who would you like to select as your best setter of the decade? I think the, de the debate can start because, of course. I see it totally different. It's very interesting because I have to explain my general view. I was looking to this question, like making the team of the decade. I was looking which players were winning. Because looking to qualities, yes, it's a nice discussion. Tonyut is a great setter, Janelli is a good one. But then I was thinking, who of the guys was winning something in the last 10 years? Was making his teams win, but on every position. Yeah. And then I came, I came to two guys at the end who stand out for me, maybe three. These are the two Russian setters because 
it's very easy. The Russians were dominating with the national team in the first part, like 2012, 2013. Yeah, the Russians were running again in 2000, what was it, 19? Yeah, in between, Kazan was dominating, so Russians are very high. So Butka, Granke, and I always found a great combination. And I have to defend my own players, Fabian Jiska was winning two times the World Championship. So I was writing down just, I was at the end even because first I was writing Butko, but this morning I was doubting who was playing the gold medal match in 2012. And then I saw it was Jankin playing the gold medal match in 2012. So then I took Butka out and I put Jiska forward. And so at the end I came to Jiska just for winning. But it's not so much on the pure technical quality, but much more which player was making his team win. So I came to my own player, Fabian Jiska. Okay, <laughs> so a split opinion so far. So Andrea, we're going to come to you and you're going to have... <laughs> Andrea, we kill you. And now me, Philippe and me will be busy like, come on, Andrea, which side you sue? So take care of what you say. <laughs> Before the meeting, I asked to be the last one because I'm not so expert like a Philippe. And now I have to decide, guys, are X factor or something like that. So my, on my shoulder responsibility. Oh, I uh, appreciate uh, what Bidley said. I think that uh, checking uh, who wins something is very important uh, because uh, all the players in the short list are wonderful players. Um, I, I, I'm very happy that uh, Simone Zanelli is still young, he grew up very fast, uh, is part of this group. Um, I have a big respect for Butko, uh, but I think that also in the final of the Olympic Games in London, he was not in the court. Uh, my choice is about uh, is uh, is on Benjamin Tonyuti because he won enough. And then I ask uh, um, the opinion of Andrea Gardini, a very close friend. He was the coach of Tonyuti in Zaksa, Poland. And he told me that he's a wonderful, a wonderful guy, not just as a player, but he's uh, incredible. The possibility that Trinity has to improve the performance of uh, his team. Uh, obviously, I'm pretty big. I was a, a physical player and I appreciate a lot uh, the volleyball players that are not relying just on their body. And so, Jurga, uh, sorry for the pronunciation, is almost impossible for me to pronounce in the right way the Polish name. He's a great player, also for Grand King, but I think that Benjamin Trinity, in my personal opinion, is uh, the setter of this uh, player in the last decade. Okay, I lose. Okay, I lose. Wait, wait till I meet you again, Natalie. Andrea. <laughs> okay, so can we, can we all agree that? Uh, I, I hope I hope that no, it's it, it, not completely contrary to my opinion. No, no it's a great it's a great setter. There's no discussion about that. Uh, Benjamin is great. The problem of the setter, you know, it's always that uh, we have to think about him like uh, uh, his own skill, uh, but we have also to think about which player is around. And there is an important point that you underline. It's uh, also is teammate, his mental, mentality is very important because uh, uh, this is a guy when all the ball comes through. So be a great teammate, be a great uh, also uh, uh, stress management, it's, it's very important. But I agree with Vital also that we have to take in consideration who win. But in the case of setter, Sometimes some of the great, great setter cannot win because if around we don't have the team, <laughs> no way to win. Okay. May, may I add something? And being the setter of the French team, it's uh, 
almost interesting because the personality of the French player are pretty good. So being the coach, being the, uh, being the setter is really tough. And I think that Benjamin did a great job. Yeah. Great. So we yes. agree. We have, we have our first player in the team of the decade, Benjamin okay. The uh, France setter is in our team. Let's go next and put some height and some steel on the court of the net. Let's pick our two middle blockers in this team. In the shortlist here, we have Marco Podraschanin, Kevin Lehu, Alexander Volkov, Viktor Yosifov, Dmitry Mazursky of Russia, Artem Volvik of Russia as well, Pyotr Novakovsky and Sreko Lisinats of Serbia. So eight to pick from. Let's go to Vitil Einan first to pick his first middle blocker in this team. I mean, I think the first middle blocker was very easy for me. Yeah, I think Mazursky was dominating the middle block scene for like five, six years, he was really far. He was one of the few middle blockers who could win a match by making 20 points and so. And even, of course, we can remember that he one time go to the opposite and make the difference in the Olympic final. So there, and the next thing is technical level. I remember I saw Mozeski for the first time live from the Memorial Wagner 2012. And I was so impressed from his moving in the block is the first really tall guy who is decently moving the block. Nice steps, nice moves, well controlled. So in a lot of ways, I found him, yeah, above everything, Mazursky was absolutely my first choice. Okay. Can we agree on Mazursky, Andrea? Oh, sure. Mazursky has to be the first choice. I, I met uh, live him in uh, La Plata, a final world league in, uh, I don't remember exactly the year. And I was really impressed because in my generation, two meters and five was the highest tall to be uh, enough dynamic. And Muzerski with his uh, two meters and 18 is moving very, very good and very smoothly. And then you cannot um, forget that uh, a gold medal final in London was won uh, relying on uh, a middle blocker playing like an opposite. So I totally agree with Vitaly. Muzerski is the first choice in the middle blocker role. Uh, that was the first time that I met Muzerski. I met him in the mix zone beneath the, the stand behind the one end of the court. And I was so overwhelmed as a journalist, this guy standing in front of me. You know, I'm not the smallest, I'm not the biggest, but he's absolutely huge. So, you know, I imagine, Philippe, when your players are coming up against him at the net, it must be quite, um, not scary, but quite an imposing figure. Oh, you have to, you have to find one times in the, in the lift with four or five <laughs> Russian guys. And you, you understand that in my period I was pretty high, now I understand that I, I am pretty small. <laughs> well, for Mazursky, for you, should be in the team? Yeah, because, you know, for middle blocker, often you have to, sometimes you have to choose with uh, offense middle blocker and very good bl blocker for, in these positions. But for Mazursky, they combine both because uh, obviously he's, he's all very efficient in offense, but also uh, very impressive in block. So, and if you want to have his best serve, so yes, Muzerski obviously is uh, the first choice. Okay, great. So Muzerski is in the team as our first middle blocker. We'll say with you, Philippe, who should be the second middle blocker in your team of the decade? That's very complicated. <laughs> obviously, that's very complicated. But you know, there is one point that's for me, middle blocker for most of the times, uh, it's the guy who should, uh, understand very well the games because they have, you have to, don't forget that you have to take decisions about block and block defense. So, uh, 
most of these players there is on the list are more offense spiker than really blocker. So in this list, except Muzerski, the most smart middle blocker perhaps is, is Stankovic in my way. But it's true that it's difficult to put out from uh, some players that uh, like uh, Volvic or, or Novakovsky uh, or Lizinac. We are really great in this uh, in this position. So, uh, but I want to make a, a small. I'm sure that my colleague would be not happy. Would not agree with me. But <laughs> I will put something on Stankovic. <laughs> Thank you to call me colleague. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's so many amazing players, of course, that could be in this list. Stankovic was on our, uh, not reserve list, but a list of players that could easily have been in this list, along with Marcus Boehm. You know, how good was Stankovic, Andrea? We should come to you for this, um, having played so long in Italy. You know, what kind of a player was he? And should he be your middle blocker as well or somebody else? I, I agree with uh, Philippe. Uh, uh, he's very smart. He's very smart, especially in uh, attacking. Uh, going back to my uh, choice, I would choose uh, Piotr Novakovsky uh, because I really a lot on the, the victory. So he's uh, twice World Championship in both uh, the World Championship play a wonderful uh, uh, championship. Uh, obviously, Podrashenin is, uh, I think, one of the best middle blocker I ever met in my life, uh, and also for Lizinak and the other one. But uh, in this chance, I think that uh, two gold medal in a row with the Poland team and Poland was not a favorite team is too much not to choice Piotr Nowakowski as the second middle blocker of the decade. Okay. I agree. Nowakowski <laughs> and Vital? Of course, I, I have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> Piotr, Piotr is my friend. I have a really good relation. He will kill me if I say no. If I say no to this. Eh? But I, I also had him as my second middle blocker. And I will explain. I agree with Philippe a lot. You need a middle blocker. And Piotr is also in this category. And I have a small story. When I started two years ago in the National Forum, I asked some people, who is the smartest player of the national team? And everybody was always agreeing, the smartest guy is Piotr Nowakowski. He's very introvert. He's not talking too much. But I agree with that. He is the most intelligent guy. And you see this also in the way he's playing. So I think this, the, the concept on Philippe, I agree. The, I put another name and I hope, yeah, I have to, of no, it's not have to, I like to agree with that and put Piotr there on that team. We agree. Everyone is agree at the end for Piotr. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to agree. Piotr Novakovsky and Dimitri Mizzini. Uh, no, so what is great to be with this choice because with, with this choice, you have two great different kind of serve in middle blocker. Because Piotr has a very great float serve. It should be very aggressive. So we have a great jump and a great float serve. So our team is equally good. Okay. So good variety. So we've got Benjamin Tonuti, Piotr Novakovsky, and Dmitry Mizerski in our team so far. Next, let's go to the Libero, the player who is going to be in and out of our team all the time. Four great names on our shortlist here. Yenya Grebenikov, Massimo Kolacci, Alexei Verbov, and Pavel Zatorsky. Uh, Andrea, we'll come to you first on this one. Um, who do you think should be the libero in our team? Oh, I really love Eugenia Grebenikov. I, I like him uh, in the court. I like him attitude. I think he's a, 
a kind of new liberal is doing something new in, in the world of uh, this role. And um, I think that uh, my choice, I like a lot also Pavel Tatorsky and uh, obviously Kolachi. All the four liberals are pretty good, as outstanding. But I pick Jenny Grabenico because uh, he's uh, smiling, he's uh, interesting, he's playing in a complicated team and uh, he do a lot, uh, just even, even in the tough moment. And uh, I met him uh, a couple of times uh, during an interview and his smile is uh, very, very important. So technically and uh, personally, I like a lot Jenny Gerbenikov and uh, congratulations for his baby a couple of days ago, I think. So Jenny, you are my liberal of the decade. Congratulations from all of us. Uh, Vital, would you like to say Grebenikov as well or a different name? Mm, I, I was talking all the time between Wait, Verbo was great also, but then you have Pavel Zatorsky, who was winning two times gold, and Gibrenikov, and that I find a very difficult balancing. If you go to results, of course, like nobody was winning two times gold on the World Championship, okay. Gibrenikov was not winning so much, but I also like the way he's playing. He's very dynamic. So if I was alone, I would put Zatorsky up, but I, I will follow the choice of Andrea because it's, um, it's a pleasure to see Gibrenikov playing all this. I agree with that for years. I also like him and I think it's, it's a very nice character, very nice way of fighting, very nice way of playing. So I can follow Andrea with a small remark, but I can, I can follow that. Okay. And Philippe, is it three out of three? Are you going to back your countryman or somebody else? No, no, I'm saying um, it's exactly what, what uh, Andrea said about Grebedigo, uh, Genia. It's uh, obviously it's the uh, best modern liberal uh, right now. Uh, I, I work with Zatoski, well, he's, he's very good technically, but uh, perhaps Genia has something more in terms of uh, energy, in terms of uh, teammates, in terms of fighting. He's a, always a guy positive, pushing trying to do the best, trying to move his teams. So it's, it's really a, a great liberal. So right now, I have no doubts about Genia Konebenikov. May, may I ask a short question to Vitaly and Philippe about the Grebenikov? Uh, there is uh, still uh, the possibility to grow, to improve for uh, Genia in the future years. And where? I think so, because uh, Vitaly, perhaps. Uh, uh, that now he's playing a lot of, he's using a lot of his incredible physical abilities. And I think that coming holders, he will, I hope, develop something more based on observation, uh, right positions, adapting some, something to, to be always more performant and performant. Uh, right now, we have so many energies that, uh, yes, it will, it will be great. And perhaps in flux, he can, he can still have the best performance. Philippe, how does he compare to French liberos of the past? But, you know, we have a chance in France, we have many very good <laughs> liberals. Uh, there was Huberino, uh, uh, you have also... Uh, Ziga. Yeah, Ziga in the middle, now Genia Grebenikov. So we, we, have, we have Rosa, we have, we have pretty a lot of good liberals because I think that uh, in the National Training Center, you have working a lot of techniques so that produced also very good, very good liberal. So, but the fight and the competition for national team was pretty hard for me. <laughs> to take the position of liberal. Okay, so we now have four players in our team of the decade. Jenny Grebenikov, Benjamin Tonuti, both of France are in the team. 
Piotr Novikovsky and Dmitry Mazursky as Russia. Okay, uh, Andre, you're going to pick the first player next. Would you like to pick an outside hitter or an opposite? Uh, opposite, obviously. <laughs> I feel at home. I feel at home. Uh, Mikhailov, Zaid, Fatanasevich, Vladli, Sokolov, and Grozer, and a special mention for Kureka. It's uh, wasting time saying they are great player, but I think that uh, there is no chance. And uh, Maxim Mikhailov is uh, for sure and by far the best opposite in the last decade. Uh, I don't think I have to explain because he won with the national team. He won with the Kazan. He played like an opposite. He played like an uh, uh, outside hitter. He's a wonderful guy. Being a Russian, he smiles a lot, considering given that he's a Russian. So I have nothing to say. You cannot ask it, nothing more to a player like an opposite. Maxim Mikhailov is my pick. Okay, Maxim Mikhailov. Let's go to Vital. Oh, nothing to add. I think I found it a very easy choice because Mikhailov is dominating this position together with the other guys, but now for 10 years. And you can be coincidence to win one time, but you win all the time. Uh, shows that. And he's playing. He's so stable. He's always playing. I remember the World League final in France two years ago when he was coming back after a long break. And directly he was putting up like 50, 60% scoring all the time. So like, He's always performing. So, yes, the guy from the last 10 years, Mikhailov. I think he has so many awards and so many medals and trophies in his trophy cabinet at home. But, you know, what can you say about the other people on this list as well to show how good he has had to be to beat them? Yeah, I think um, it's sometimes hard. I mean, I think I worked with Georg Rösser in German national team. But, of course, in the German national team, it's not so easy to win Olympics or other things. So, it's very hard to make this result. So I think also that's an amazing opposite. I'd love to work with him. Yeah, and, and from quality close, but I think Mikhailov was also choosing the right teams and the right nationality. Yeah? I think that are part of it. So I, I think that I worked with Kurek, where they made an amazing world championship, but a bit, a bit more irregular the last year. So we will see how he's doing. So I, I always like, yes, every opposite was interesting, but there's only one stable factor always coming back, and that's Mikhailov. Is there any part of his game that could be improved? I have to be honest, Mikhailov, I was never studying so close. So that I cannot, mm, I cannot say. Like from a lot of guys, like Mikhailov was playing in Russia, I was coaching this year in Italy. So he's far away. Only the national team will meet him sometimes. Uh, so I, I don't think he's really like an amazing bombing spiker, but he's smart, very smart in this And Philippe, is it an easy choice for you as well? Yeah, I think uh, this is important. Uh, what uh, Vital said, that uh, he's a regular player where he perform is really efficient all the time. All the competition is always uh, be part of the performance of the team. So this is great because it's true that some of the of the name they are great performance in one competition. So where they make something uh, incredible. Uh, it's true that Vrasli uh, last not a lot, uh, in 2014 in the, the World Championship he makes something incredible. But uh, it was one great competition. But you can make also Rousier winning alone European Championship uh, with the friends. But in terms of regularity for this period, Mihailov uh, perhaps is the best. So I'm agree. Okay. So there we have it. We have another player in our team of the decade. Maxim Mikhailov joins Dmitry Mazursky, his fellow countryman, Piotr Novakovsky of Poland, and the two Frenchmen, Benjamin Tonuti and Genia Grebenikov. Right, we're on to the last category now. 
Just two more players to pick in our team of the decade, and they're both outside hitters. The shortlist, Wilfredo Leon, Ervin Ngapets, Uros Kovacevic, Michal Kubiak, Osmani Kwantorena, Nemanja Petric, Sergei Tetsukin, and Matej Kazieski of Bulgaria. Right, who wants to pick first? Who's smiling the most in the room? Let's go to Philippe. I think the first one where you, everyone will be agree will be with Fredo Leon. We cannot put first choice like swing hitters. These guys is is obvious. I think. And what has made him such an amazing player? You know, still only 26, um, but you know, such an immense, immense hitter. I agree. Obviously, I agree. You cannot put with Fredo Leon in this uh, wonderful team. He's a uh, technically, physically, emotionally a uh, great player, and. Uh, with Denis Kazan, he has not the opportunity to play a lot with the national team. It's not his fault, obviously. He was available as soon as possible. So, Fredo, I think, is a, a great player. He's a, a good person and, uh, obviously, is the first choice uh, in the outside hitter role. Yeah, I mean, four Champions League titles in Russia and now a member of your national team as well, Vital. What kind of a player is he to work with on a daily basis? He's obliged to put it on. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you an honest story. I mean, halfway this season this year, I made the figures of the season, like all statistics together. And then I saw the numbers of Wilfredo, and they are so far above other players I ever worked with. I worked now like 15 years as a coach, and I never had a player who makes so excellent figures. So I told Wilfredo also, sorry, it's not only the how you look or how hard you hit, but just the figures are really, you are the best player in the world. Yeah, there's on this moment no discussion for me on the outside, this is the best. And if you look to the last five years, he was winning. And then if you ask me how he is, he's a very nice, he's a nice and polite guy and very easy to work with. So um, I really, I really love to work with him. I was even talking with him yesterday again about some things. And so, so he's always, he's open to learn. It's not only the, the player of the decade. I think if we, if we can do this in 10 years, we will put him again in that team. Yeah, only 26 years old at the moment. Has so many good years ahead of him. Uh, let's stay with you, Vital. Do you want to pick your second hitter? Well, that, that I found maybe one of the most difficult. Mm, because like, I have guys like Mikhail Kubiak is my captain of my team and two-times world champion and great fighter. And, I would love to put in the team, but I don't do it. <laughs> I hope he's not mad on me for that. <laughs> um, I think in the beginning, Filip uh, was making a very correct command. A guy like Ted Yukin, it's a guy who maybe should be in the list. He's not dominating for 10 years. He's dominating for 20 years. He was in this, in this competition. I think when I was thinking which year, first time I met him, it's very long ago. So he should be there. But also, I think Juan Terena, Osmani, um, it's also somebody who was, I checked, he was with Trento winning the Champions League in 2011. And then he's winning the Champions League with Civitanova in 2019. And in between, he was always performing. Yeah, he's also a guy who I say, wow, this is a guy over 10 years. I have to be, I don't like to tell it, but we lost this year in 2020, the cup final in Italy, because Osmani played amazing. Yeah, so I think if you go over the 10 years, then the choice is Osmani Contrena. Okay, let's go to Philippe. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is, I think, the most difficult choice, this second swing hitter, because uh, in this list, you have many players which we have 
for her teams, some key guys. Uh, if you want Euros, uh, Kubiak, and Gaper, this is players we make something different for the teams. So this is important players. Uh, uh, Rontorena, as uh, Vital said, is uh, very stable players, performance all the time, playing good. Uh, this is difficult to don't put him on the list. But in the same time, I have this remember of the Tetrukin, like Vital uh, say, he made so great things for his teams, uh, like captain, like leader, like uh, individual performance as well. That's as well, I don't know how to don't put it to in this list. So uh, I will push to say sorry, Osmani, but I want to give a special award to Tixukin because really uh, it's monster of our sports, and uh, I want to put him in the, the list. Okay, Tetsukin, you know, one of the only players on this whole list of all the players in the positions that has actually retired. Um, you know, 44 now, so many times he played for, for Russia, about 500 times he played for his national team. You know, won three Champions Leagues in the previous decade, uh, won one Champions League in 2014, this decade just gone. What made him such a special player in that position? Because I think that he combined two important things, three perhaps. Uh, one is his skill was very good in all the positions. Uh, he had a great mentality, he's a teammate, he's always leader of his team because when the Russian teams uh, need to be shake, he, he, takes, a, he takes a job. Uh, and uh, in the same times when you meet Tetukin and you speak with him, it's not someone put him in front. He's always very uh, soft in these discussions, he's always a, a, a teammate. So. This is a reason why, you know, you need a team like, uh, always in the team, I think that you need a player like this. We are uh, able to push his team, but also sometimes to make this team more quiet, more secure. And this is exactly the kind of, of player Tetsukin is able to make this, uh, this two, uh, two things. Okay. So vote for Tetsukin. Andrea, who, who are you picking from that list? Any love for the likes of uh, Kovacevic, of course, who's played in your country for so many years? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Uros is a great player, he's a left hand, he's very special to see this kind of player. I start from a reverse angle. I exclude Tekyukin because he's too good, he's another category. He's uh, good for the, the, the team of the two decades at least. So he's a wonderful, probably the best player in the long span of the history. Uh, but I cannot uh, choose him for this decade. Uh, I like a lot Irving Gapet. Uh, I like him, he's a wonderful guy, very strange, conflictual. Sometimes he makes something even more complicated than they are. Uh, like he closed uh, the gold medal in the European going there and jumping with the back. Uh, we call that Veronica uh, against Slovenia, so it's, it's wonderful. And also Osmani Wontorena is obviously a great player. Uh, but the problem with, with Osmani is that uh, also Leon is a Cuban, and so to be in balance, my, my pick is uh, with Michael Kubiak. Uh, I told you before, I have a, a, good, a good feeling, I'm very interested when the, a good player is not relying just on physical skill. Kubiak is wonderful for his resilience, is uh, uh, a great jumper. Uh, I think that uh, what I like a lot of Kubiak is that in the best moment, He's doing his best plays, uh, and I think it's easy to recognize uh, 
how he can impact uh, the atmosphere of his team. That's why I pick uh, Michael Kubiak to play with Wilfredo Leon. Okay, so... <laughs> but that, that, that's my pick, but he made a mistake. I play with Kubiak and Leon and that's near form always. <laughs> Andrea cannot choose that, it's my choice. <laughs> As a journalist, we're building, we're building a good, good team we're building. <laughs> Well, I'm going to sit back here. We've got three choices from three different uh, great people from the volleyball world. You can decide between you who is going to be the second hitter. How we manage this uh, balance? Well, I mean, I mean, Blas, who wins Andrea, the fights between Blazosi and Einan? Andrea put me in a difficult position. I told before, of course, Michael is my captain, and it's really important for the team. Yes. Yeah, but I don't want to always put forward the, the Polish guys too much. And I mean, I think like, hmm, yeah, I, Osmai was also for 10 years winning. So they I'm a bit in between. But of course, if you put forward Mikhail Kubiak, <laughs> I will support it very strongly. I think Evan and Gepet is also a very nice choice. But it should be, no, I don't want to wrong, wrong, but with too many French people in the whole team. Because you also have to recognize who was winning. And that were Russians, for example, a lot. And some Polish were winning. And maybe some Italian. So till now we didn't have one Italian. So there was like Osmani to have a balance. But I mean, I have to be honest. I give my opinion. I give it to Philippe, and Philippe can decide. He's the. I, I think he's uh, Philippe is older than me. So Philippe, you get that. You get a decision of him. Uh, thank you very much for this. <laughs> <laughs> for that, we can blame you afterwards. A, in French, you say the old potatoes. You know, you said the old potatoes. <laughs> Come on, you have to, you have to manage. <laughs> it's true. Thank you very much. But I, I come back to Andrea. Why do you say that Tetukin is more a player from the last, not from this decade, and for the last one? Because he's he's a over a top category, so he's for sure the best of the last decade, and also this one. And yeah. uh, this is the short list for uh, Okay. And so in these uh, 10 years, uh, also the other player could be compared, could be at the same level. Tetukin is over if you consider the entire career. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are doing in the last year, Tetukin is not. Uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> so that, that's why I not choose Tetukin. I consider him the best uh, outside hitter in the recent history but we are choosing the player for the last decade. That's why. Okay, I understand. <clears throat> so, uh, what I can do now, so our show is between Kubiak and Rotorena, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, what I'm sure that each, each of them you choose is a great, uh, is a great uh, receiver and a great player. So, um, I don't know, it's very difficult to, to choose. So. Uh, Two of you, you have a uh, balancing for Montorena. It's difficult. Huh? In this moment, it's true that uh, Rodorena is, uh, is winning less with national teams and winning more with, with club. Yeah, right. Oh, because also because Kubiak is playing in Japan. He's winning also in Japan, but this is a different, is a different championship. But yeah, uh, just to say, Juan Torreira, you know, three times he was Champions League MVP in this decade. So, yeah, you know, those kind of awards speak for themselves. It's wonderful. It's unbelievable how everybody knows where Osmani will attack and he killed the ball always. So it's unbelievable. He's good in the first line, back row, serving. So it's a wonderful player, obviously. Exactly, obviously. So perhaps, sorry to, 
for Kubi, but uh, perhaps uh, I think that uh, right now between these two, the, the best in this moment should be Juan Torreira. Okay. Osmani Juan Torreira uh, completes the team. If we're all agreed on that, is that okay? Yes. Yes, okay. I, I, we accept. We accept. Okay. Cool. So, Wilfredo <laughs> Leon. Thank you, Vital. <laughs> uh, I give you one more time. The potatoes now is, is cold. <laughs> Thank you. So to complete the team, Wilfredo Leon, Osmani Juan Torreira, Maxim Mikhailov, Dmitry Mazursky, Piotr Novakovsky, Benjamin Tonuti, and Genia Grabenikov. Guys, what a great team we have. Vital, let's ask you this question. Who would you like the captain to be? No, but I, I mean, and I, I miss one other thing. I mean, if you make a team, you need a coach. Okay. And, and there was, I was not, nothing till now choosing about the coach of the last 10 years. So that was also thinking like when I was walking this morning, who is the coach of the last 10 years. So there I was also thinking about maybe for directly, you ask me about the captain now. Hmm, I think that's, um, I, I'm very easy. Eh? I have the principle, general principle that to take the setter as the captain. And we took a setter who is famous for being a very good captain. Yeah, so I think it's a, that's the easy choice. It has to be Benjamin Tonuti to, to lead that team. Philippe, would that be a good selection? I am, I am exactly opposite with Vital. <laughs> to give the... <laughs> Why? Because I would just explain. Because setter has already a great leadership to do with the teams. He has to focus on, on many things. And I think it's not the time for him to go to discuss with the referee or to make the draw or that. So it's true that he's a great leader, but I try when I can to don't give <laughs> captain to the, to the setter. But this is a coach choice. So, but any, obviously, Tonyoti has the abilities to be a great captain. Uh, but we have perhaps also, we choose one player also in this team. He has used to be a captain. Uh, he has perhaps the experience to be because he's captain for a long time in the national team and uh, club and everything. He's run to Renan. So, should be uh, the, the, the other choice. So, for me, both is uh, it's okay, but uh, Andrea, you have to choose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that Benjamin Tunuti speaks a different language. He's uh, more tranquil than other one. He's, uh, it was a uh, uh, captain, so I think the Benjamin Tunity, even if he is a setter, so his mind is uh, focused in many things, he could be a good setter, the best setter, and also a good captain. Oh, so you know, me, if, not, if not, you can go in the, in, the, in the way of the history, because now I know that someone is making the request that Libero should be also the captain of the teams, because there is no reason that Libero should be not, because you cannot say that the Libero is not always in the court, because Miguel is not always on the court, so... But, this should be funny to make a it's, it's just a joke. Okay. And one final question before we finish. You know, we've got so many amazing players in this team. Do you think it would take long for them to start playing well together? Or do good players just get on the same level as their other players? I'm the, last, uh, I'm the last to answer because I have no personal experience in how much time needs to put together a good team. But, no, I, I don't know. No, I think that these teams should be, but I mean, obviously this is great champions. So great champions uh, is more easy to, to make all together with, with these players. But uh, with the team we prepare, I think that uh, every, all of these players are, are teammates and uh, the team will work. Perfect. Great way to finish. Andrea, Philippe, Vital, thanks very much for your time today.
Hopefully uh, we're back on the volleyball court soon and we'll see you all around Europe at various games. Uh, but for now, thank you very much. Okay, bye. Thank you. Thank bye you. Bye from Milano. Bye. Ciao a tutti. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs>
to be included in the team of the decade. Right. He's a player that, you know, maybe if, if he was a couple years older, had a couple more years of Champions League play under his belt, then he, he would be the obvious first choice. But I think the fact that, you know, th- that he did come on a bit late gave Tony Udi, you know, a chance mm-hmm. to uh, be considered on this list as well. Sergey Grankin, another guy who's had a, w- a lot more time than Gianelli to kind of establish himself. So, you know, uh, I think Gianelli will... I think he's among the best setters in the world right now and could be on this list for the next decade. And also, I've got a big man crush on Antoine Poizard as well. Watch out for him. 2021, baby. <laughs> James, it seems as though uh, the, the three coaches, your, your guests, if you will, it seems as though they, they had a great relationship. I mean, I, I watched it back in it and it felt like that. What did it feel like for you to sort of chair the debate with those three? Yeah, three very individual characters as well, I think. You know, everyone knows what Vitor Leinen is about, really mm. passionate when he's on the side of the court. But I wouldn't say softly spoken, but you can have a very considered, relaxed conversation with him away from it as well. But he knows what he likes, he knows his own opinions, and he knows how to articulate himself to get his points across. And I think he did that there. You've got someone in Andrea Zorzi, you know, fantastic as a player, now sees the game from a slightly different perspective because he's a pundit in Italy with um, Dazone and Gazzetta dello Sport. And Philippe Bland, you know, who's still kind of in the thick of it in terms of coaching as well. So three people who come from different parts of the, the world and the continent, I guess, who see volleyball differently. So it kind of created for a really good mix and meeting of minds, I think. This is always a difficult one because ultimately you, you say the meeting of minds there, three of the finest minds in the game who even though we all we are all involved with with volleyball as 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 broadcasters or as employees or as fans i would uh, i would bet you that they will make far better decisions than us but the beauty of this as you said earlier dan is that, is that there is no objective answer and the fans always let us know that whether it's whether it's volleyball or football or, or rugby or any sport where there is a a conversation to be had um were there any names in there that did surprise you and and if so who would you maybe have have swapped around if anyone Dan so I thought one of them I mean I think they're all good choices but I think uh, Pyotr Novakovsky was probably the most surprising one to me you know I I think Vidal Haney make really good points that you know he he's a great blocker and, and we don't just want to look on the offensive side of the ball for blockers because they're really they're middle blockers blocking is what's important to them but I also think if you're going for that perspective, I do think Viktor Yosefov from Bulgaria probably would have been a better pick. Maybe, maybe the best middle blocker when we're just talking about blocking, like in volleyball history almost, or even, or even um, Artem Volvich because he didn't place a lot of importance on winning. And obviously Novikovsky was a big part of both of those world championships for the Poland. But Volvich has an incredible skill set too, more of an offensive threat and a serving threat than Novikovsky and was a huge participant in Zeneca Zahn during their Champions League run. There was one fan in particular who was absolutely furious that neither Podrashinin or Lissinac were included, and he was fuming, and he wouldn't let it go. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're going to put him either of those in ahead of Mazursky or Novakovsky, but again, it is, uh, it is subjective, isn't it? Any changes for you, James, or are you, are you happy where it lies? I'm quite happy to let these guys pick the teams themselves. I'm just here to chair the debate. <laughs> <laughs> spoken Sitting like a fence. true chairman you're like the speaker of the house you don't have a party you just uh, 
He's just there to make sure that democracy wins. So you've got to respect no, that. No, I'm glad, I'm glad the likes of Mazursky was in there because I first came face-to-face. Well, I say face-to-face. It literally wasn't face-to-face because <laughs> he's about three foot taller than me at the Olympic Games in London. And he scared me so much. Um, yeah, I, 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 just have a, I just have a vivid memory of coming side to side with him in the mix zone where we interview all the athletes after they've played. And uh, yeah, he was just the most imposing person I've ever come up against. So I'm glad that he's got some recognition. I see people like Mazursky and feel as though they're made of different material than me. There's no way they're made of the same skin and bone and muscle and, and all of that. Um, it, interestingly, with Mazursky and the 2012 Olympics, one thing that you could discuss is his versatility, of course, because his position was moved in that final. And that was the, the difference between gold and silver on that occasion. Uh, but somebody you and I know well, James, Andy Clark, who's more of a boxing journalist. Well, he is now anyway, does, uh, does extremely well in the UK with, with Sky and beyond. Uh, but he struck up an unlikely friendship with Mazursky because after Russia's first game, they had an interview in the mix zone and he was the only Russian player who talked to him. So on that path to gold he sort of followed him around and in the end I think it was a, a wry smile from Mazursky every time when uh, when Andy came at him with a microphone but but it is interesting for for normal human beings like us I say I say normal I mean in terms of size to actually see these giants of sport up close because I think until you actually get on the ground and realize how physically big they are you don't realize quite how miraculously athletic they are either particularly somebody like Mazursky no not at all and you know me and you are lucky enough to travel around Europe mm. to so many Champions League games and we always have a you know a position that's maybe halfway up the stand on the long yeah. side of the court you know maybe 15 20 meters away from the players or whatever and because they're all of a similar height themselves relatively speaking they don't look particularly big but then when you get courtside and you you've got to tap one of them on the back and ask for an interview it suddenly gets very very different um yeah they really are absolute uh mountains when you come come face to face with them and Mazursky certainly is the biggest that I've ever had to try and tap on the shoulder for an interview so as you were saying there with Andy at the Olympics I was very much leaning in to listen to every word he said <laughs> Uh, Dan, um, have you got anything else you'd like to add to this uh, to this team of the decade? No, I just I can't believe that Wilfredo Leon's only uh, 26 years old and was probably one of the easiest picks on this entire list. Oh my goodness me, when you put it like that. Four Champions League titles. Absolutely astonishing. Okay, here's a hot take for you guys. Wilfredo mm -hmm. Leon go down maybe as the best volleyball player of all time. It'd be a it'd be a brave man to bet against it. So as as part of the unscripted series, uh, I do a, a round called Simply the Best, and it's, it's dead easy. I just ask a series of questions. What do you think? I don't know. The best this, the best that, the best the other. And obviously, one of the questions is who's the best player you've ever played against? And the number of people who say Leon is well more do than don't anyway. And. Uh, with regards to Gianelli, uh, he we spoke to him about his about his fingers, and he's like, when you've got a face Leon hitting at you, it's amazing how tough your fingers get so quickly. It's he's a yeah, he's a freak athlete, absolute phenomenon. And you know, you wonder, you wonder sort of what he can go on to achieve, having achieved so much already. How do you stay motivated? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you basically get every almost 
I think I think he's I think one of the reasons he's playing with Poland right now is to you know get that Olympic Olympic mm-hmm. dream right and get that World Championship dream because while he's he's basically done everything he could in the Champions League, but I, th- I still think on the international stage, obviously, you know, getting silver the World Championships when he, I think it was sixteen or seventeen mm-hmm. is, is an incredible accomplishment. But I think he tasted that and now now he wants the the gold medals. Yeah, I guess you say this decade for him is all about the internationals, isn't it? Because yeah. not only has he won the Champions League several times, in each of those wins he was named one of the best hitters and he was twice named the MVP. So as Dan was just saying, you know, where do you kind of go from that on a club level? And those Polish supporters will adore him as well. Right. I, I don't know I don't know how that will how that'll sit with him because I know different players think about it in different ways, but having having that sort of red and white wall behind you on their big home occasions must be oh, incredible. I remember at the European Championships last year, he would, he would go and sign autographs every single game with people. So I think he's, he's, he's good for it. Yeah, good man. Good man. Uh, I think that just about wraps it up, gentlemen, don't you? Sounds good to me, Dave. Oh, very good. Uh, well, that was the review of the men's team of the decade. Uh, James, for those who are listening to the first time, uh, just give us a couple more debates that people can sort of seek out and look forward to. So this was the men's team of the decade from 2010 to 19. Coming up, actually, uh, soon we're going to be bringing you two teams of the decade from 2000 to 2010 in both the men's and women's and also the top five non-Europeans to have played in the Champions League again in both the men's and the women's category so a real feast of volleyball to come up over the next few weeks. And, and Dan there is uh, so much content coming out of CEV at the moment I've seen uh, now that you are scheduling it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday seven days a week so much for fans to look forward to. Yeah, we've got a lot of you know interviews, uh, more debate videos, more classic matches. We're all really looking forward to when matches start again. But until we get to that point, just do our best to try and keep volleyball in, in, in the fans' uh, conscience. My Chromecast oh. is literally on fire, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so much content. And in terms of the A-Space podcast, we have two episodes a week at the moment. The podcast comes out on a Monday where we have got well, it's a world-class guest every week. And then on the Fridays, it is three unscripted a month and one debate as well. So thank you very much for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. And until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.